It's time for the Give Me Zone on the ref. 11. Now this is a 12, guys. Now he's got to start worrying about qualifying for next year's Open and the Masters here. He's lost this tournament. He'll end up selling Countess Maritimes and renting golf carts the rest of his life. We're talking PGA, college, high school, local courses, and the latest golf news. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Yeah. Okay, you can owe me. Now, it's time for three tremendous slouches. Well, we're waiting. Brian Vineyard, Josh Helmer, and Matt Reynolds. Good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday to you. Welcome. It's the Gimme Zone, brought to you by Elite Roofing Systems. I am Josh Elmer, joined as always by Brian Vineyard and Matt Reynolds. Before we dive into a first-time winner once more on the PGA Tour, first off, good morning, gentlemen. How is everybody? Good, good. So, again, back-to-back weeks, we have another first-time winner on the PGA Tour. This uh, time last week, it was Scotty Scheffler's Day in the Sun. Maybe one more right here. Ted Scott and Scotty Scheffler figured it out afterwards the winning interview so much right now your first pga tour victory talk me through why this emotion we're seeing from you and your wife meredith right now (laughs) i can't look at her right now but uh, um it's just a lot of hard work she's been so supportive of me and um, we worked really hard for this and i just i'm so appreciative It was an unbelievable final putt, 26 feet. You get it to drop. All of these fans are here to appreciate you. Can you, what better place for the first win? Yeah, such a great place. Uh, Such a fun week, and um, I'm very pleased. Enjoy the moment. Scotty Shuffle, you're forever a PGA Tour champion. Jim, back to you. Most people didn't see that because, unfortunately, golf has not realized there's a Super Bowl. You should probably move the tee times up an hour. And make sure that if you have a playoff, it's still in the pregame stuff of the Super Bowl because I watched it on my phone but never heard the interview because as soon as he made the putt and Cantlay missed, I, obviously everybody in my house is watching the Super Bowl. I'm not going to make them watch golf. <laughs> right, yeah. At the Super Bowl party, it's tough to convince everyone. Hey, guys, we're, we're trying to see the end of Scotty Scheffler's triumph here at the WM Phoenix Open. No, everybody's trying to watch rams Bengals. I will say on that end that – Scotty is one of those players that you almost didn't realize hadn't won because he's been around for a good amount of time and he's had a lot of success. He just happens to have not won. You know, the real difficulty is when he faced that big disappointment of missing that short putt on 18 in regulation that he probably makes 98% of the time and then gets forced into a playoff because of that to be able to have the, the – uh, mental ability to overcome that setback and go out there for a playoff with a guy that feels fortunate to be in the playoff, that feels like he got a new chance to get another W, and then you were able to persevere and come back and win. Shows a lot, and like Andy said, this first victory is so life-changing for these players because it gets them their exemptions, gets, you know, they keep their card. I mean, it gets them all the things that you worry about as a PGA Tour player. And it's great to see. I hated to see it for Thigala. He got just a 
really tough break on 17. He didn't hit that bad a shot. Tough break. You know, ends up in the water. Ends up in the water. That that Just hole. a bad bounce. That's a hole that you can't go left there. And I think he looks back on it and probably says, "Well, if I was going to play it again, he'd probably play it with an iron." Just lay. Well, it. those tour guys, they feel so confident that they can miss to the right on that hole. There is some opening on the right, mm-hmm. and it makes it a tough chip. But there is a, a safe haven. But that hole, that's why it's such a great risk-reward short par four. And and many of the great golf courses out there have that risk-reward par four that tempts these guys to go for the green at the expense of that bogey, right? At the expense of the bogey that cost him the tournament. And he, he still had a great finish for a guy that got in on a sponsor's exemption, which for those that don't know, that's when you weren't going to be in the field and somebody says, hey, we've got – three spots you know we work with the wm we want to give one to you so he got basically a a free entry to the deal and an opportunity and took full advantage of it and played really really well you saw his family he was kind of bent out of shape about it but uh those are the people you want to root for at the end of the day scotty scheffler although he is a first-time winner he his tour status isn't going anywhere even before that so i would have rather see uh seen the gala win and i said last week hey he's gonna fall off to his credit he stuck with it. He had times where he did have bad shots, just like on 17, but it wasn't like he went from first in the tournament on Saturday to you know 20th or something. No, he did. He hung in there great. It looked like he got a little bit quick and started swinging a little bit harder, which is a you know a, an indication of some nerves, which who wouldn't have nerves in that situation, even though he was probably the best collegiate golfer in the country before this. He didn't it's have still different. people watching him on, when no. he was in college. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> and how about the hole-in-one, Josh? Well, on, on Saturday you... and then followed up on Sunday again. Saturday was the one, though. Ask and you shall receive, my friend. And bear with us. The video component for this probably does this a little bit more justice, but it's still awesome. This just moments ago. Sam Ryder taking it right at it. Talk to me. Come on. Oh, my God. There's liquid coming down. There's pants going everywhere. We are covered in beer and other liquids, I believe. <laughs> so, wow. Everyone is going insane. We might have a slight rain delay here on the 16th, Jim, because that's going to take a little bit of when you take a look at what is happening right now on the 16th hole, we tell you there is no place like it. I love that moment. She's like, yeah, I don't know that we're going to be hitting tee shots anytime particularly soon. And she's getting beer chucked on her as well. <laughs> so it, it was everybody. But yeah, that she was said a crazy liquids, moment. Matt. That yeah. was not anything other than beer. There was no coffee. Beer or cocktails. <laughs> it was alcohol. That's for sure. There's, there's nothing... Yeah, nothing else it was. Hey, Josh, tell people how they can interact with the show today. Well, that's a great question. You can text us on the Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Of course, I've got the Twitter feed. I'm looking at it every second. So if you tweet us, we'll see that as well at Sports Talk 1400. And let's let's have some fun today. We've got Chris Goddard up who – just won down in the Puerto Rico Classic. He was the medalist there for Oklahoma. So already this uh, fall and now the early spring, this was the first spring event for Oklahoma. They've had a couple of 
individual tournament champions. And Oklahoma, by the way, went ahead and carted a program best round as a team to win that Puerto Rico Classic as well. So let's take an opening timeout. When we come back, Chris Goddard from Oklahoma Golf will join us. Next, we've got a busy show list just this morning in general. Should tell you that Andy Dillard will be with us in the bottom half of this hour. Olivia Schmidt will be joining to start hour number two. Greg Grost from Norman High Golf as well. Opening timeout when we come back. Chris Goddard up from Oklahoma Golf will join us right here. It's the Gimme Zone. Again, you can text us 651-3439. The Gimme Zone brought to you by Elite Roofing Systems. The Gimme Zone, we're back with you. Josh Elmer, Brian Vineyard, Matt Reynolds in the house. Brought to you by Elite Roofing Systems. And we are thrilled to welcome in our special guest on this Saturday morning. Fresh off a championship down in Puerto Rico, Chris up the individual title in the Puerto Rico Classic last Tuesday. Take, take us through. How did you win this championship down at the Puerto Rico Classic? You know, it was just a really solid week overall. Um, it was pretty stress-free, to be honest. And, uh, you know, it's always fun when you when you got total control. And um, it was just a fun week. You know, the team played really well. We got a good contribution from everyone. And uh, it was a really good start to the year for us. Chris, you are a grad transfer from Rutgers, for those that don't know. You're from New Jersey. That's where you were born and raised. And so it makes sense that you stayed in that part of the world. But I do have to ask, as I'm looking at our calendar next week, and it's really cold, we've had some good weather here in Oklahoma. What's been the biggest difference in you coming to a school like Oklahoma? I, I, the way Coach Hibble has the program is obviously on another level. But more or less, I'm talking from a weather basis, have you been able to play golf more outdoors? Whereas i got to assume there was a large part of the year you were indoors at Rutgers. Yeah, it's a big difference for sure. Obviously, you know, it's a nice out today, and we're going to go play today. But, um, yeah, you know, it snowed a lot at home, and it was nice here and there to get a nice break. But, um, you know, you were coming out of the year pretty rusty to start up, uh, and obviously that wasn't quite the case for us this year. So um, it's fun. You know, you get some nice wind to practice in, and it's always nice practicing some cold weather here and there. And, uh, you know, it's really helped my game a lot. Well, great, Chris. Tell us, have you ever been part of anything like what happened last weekend where a team goes that low for three days? No, no, that's a first for me, and I'm sure a first for a lot of the guys on the team, too. Um, it's just fun knowing knowing you got to go out there and you got to put up a good number or else you're just going to get lapped. So um, to go put up a good number and to finish the day we did on Tuesday, our last round uh, with the lowest round of the day was really awesome. What was it about the course that led to the low scores? Was it uh, just great weather? Was was it pin settings? What what drove the scores? Because the scores were really low, and you're right. If you didn't go low, you're going to get lapped. Um, I would say the the tour event actually had something to do with it because we couldn't play some of the par three boxes and par four boxes that they're going to play. Um, so we had to move up about 20, 30 yards in some holes. So it just changed your club selection by probably two or three clubs. Instead of hitting seven iron in the par fours, you had nine in pitching wedge, and then vice versa on uh, same thing with the par threes. So um, the par fives were pretty gettable as well, and the weather was great. Obviously in Puerto Rico, it's pretty hard to get some bad weather. A couple windy days here and there, but overall it was pretty good. Chris, what's it like being a part of this Oklahoma golf program 
right now. 46th win all time for OU. It's the 32nd of the Coach Hibble era. Obviously, this program has been winning recent national championships and playing for national championships. So just peel the curtain back for us a little bit if you can. What's it like being a part of a program right now in Oklahoma that is just playing this brand of golf consistently? It's fun for me, to be honest. You know, this is a first for me. I got I get to experience this with all the freshmen pretty much because, um, you know, back at Rutgers, we, we had a good team, but uh, we weren't contending for a national championship. So I'm going through with all the other guys too, so it's all new to me. But it's fun. You know, there's so much support for us, and obviously there's so many good sports here at school, um, and we just want to keep our, keep our part in doing that. And, um, you know, you have so many guys that have been successful, like Abe and uh, – countless other guys on corn fair tour and pga tour so to be a part of that and to be welcomed with open arms down here it's been awesome all right you mentioned other sports at oklahoma so tell me what has been your favorite sporting event you have attended since moving here uh we went to ou texas as a team on the way down to big 10 big 12 match play so um that was i mean i don't know if i'll ever be able to top that one when you guys went up to the uh bedlam uh game a couple weeks ago, right? And how how was that environment? I know it didn't end the way uh, Sooner fans would have liked, but how was the environment uh, for that game? Um, I can't speak on that one because me, Logan, and Patrick were down at the Jones Cup actually in Sea Island. But I know the team said it was awesome, um, and I actually hope to get up there at some point. I've heard I've heard those games are just special. This group of guys just on this Oklahoma golf team, what type of personalities do you have on this roster, and what's it like getting to play with with this group? It's funny. You know, we have a group of guys that no one is alike, so I think it's a good mix. You know, me and Logan live together, and we're constantly going back and forth with each other and, uh, you know, wanting to beat each other. And then you got also a bunch of other guys, some goofballs, and uh, it's a really good mix of guys, and I think that's what kind of helps our team on the road, and we, we have so much fun on the road, whether it's uh, whether we're playing in bad weather or good weather, you know, we're having a good time doing it. Now, with this win last week, you earned an invite to the PGA Tour's Puerto Rico Open, slated for March 3rd through the 6th. What does that mean to you to not just win the tournament, but now you have this incredible opportunity? It's it's cool. You know, I this is what I kind of came here to do and uh, to, you know, kind of have some dominoes fall my way has been really fun and um it's it's just gravy you know it's house money for me um i'm worried about you know southern highlands for us in a couple weeks but to be able to go play in a pga tour event is really cool and hopefully it's first of many so have you played southern highlands before chris i have not well it'll be a good track you'll enjoy it a lot um where did, what uh what tracks did you play out in sea island we played Ocean Forest. Uh, that's where they had our tournament. What'd you think of that track? It's hard, and the weather kind of sucked. But um, it's always a good tournament to kind of start up the year because it really shows you where your game's at. And um, you know the weather weather sucks, so you get beat down for a couple of days. And then obviously we went down to Puerto Rico, and the weather was perfect, so it made everything seem probably easier than what it even was. Well, the Ocean Forest has a unique layout, doesn't it? Yeah, very. They they have some. I I found some of the par threes to be extremely tough on that one. Yeah, there's not many holes where you sit up there. You're like, all right, I can make a birdie on this one. It's uh, 
it's a beast. And especially with the wind, the way it was the last couple of days, blowing 25, 30 on the water, it's, it's brutal. Chris Gotterup of Oklahoma is our guest, champion at the Puerto Rico Classic. You mentioned something interesting about the way that you and Logan McAllister go back and forth a little bit. So after he won the Carmel Cup, were you telling him, hey, I, I've got a win in me at some point this season as well because obviously uh, you, you've won this event here. Yeah, we have a nice little ongoing battle for the whole year. You know, we we were comparing each other's stroke differential for each tournament. And, uh, you know, I'm happy for him when he does well. But, it, you know, it puts a little fire in me to go out and do something special the next week. So, And I know it does the same for him. I know this week is going to make him work a little harder. And, and I'm sure he'll do something special the next couple of weeks. And hopefully it keeps going back and forth. For folks that maybe haven't gotten to – watch you play tell us a little bit about what your game looks like I mean obviously it's in good shape right now fresh off a win but what are some of the best parts of your game and what are you trying to tighten up uh, I would say I'm a pretty good driver of the golf ball I can get it out there pretty good and um and I just try to work on everything I I you know you can never be good enough at anything in golf and that's kind of the fun part about it but um if I if I'm working on anything harder than anything else it's short game and putting you can you can never make enough putts, but I like to think that I keep it in play off the tee and, uh, you know, take advantage of opportunities when I can. Give me a guy that is fourth, fifth man that you feel like has started to make a push, maybe one of those younger guys uh, into the lineup that Sooner fans don't quite know yet but will know, you think, on the national stage as you guys go down the stretch here. Um, there's, I mean, it could be anyone, but Drew Goodman has had a really good year as a freshman, obviously being a Norman Norman kid, but um, he's played really solid for a freshman coming out and uh, had a good week last week in Puerto Rico. And then you have other guys like Dowell and Steve Campbell who um, who have, you know, come bits and pieces throughout the year and been really helpful. So I, I don't know if there will be a single name that I can name. It could be all three of those guys helping out individually at some point, but um those those are probably the three guys at the bottom of our lineup who you know could have a good week whenever whenever it comes down to it. What event can the fans around here come see you all at that might be upcoming in the next couple of months? Probably the closest one would be Big Twelve Championship in Houston, but um, other than that, we're kind of traveling a bit. We got Vegas, uh, Calusa Pines in Florida, and then a couple tournaments in Arizona. So. Um, I would say Houston's probably the closest one for us. Unless you're an Oklahoma Sooner alum from out there in Arizona or something, then then maybe it's a short, <laughs> yeah, trip, exactly. short, short trip for them. Last question from me here, Chris. I'm just curious, what has Coach Hibble, what has this Oklahoma golf staff, what have they meant to you and your development? It's been, it's been special, honestly. Um, you know, I came in here, I knew I was a solid player. You know, I didn't really know what to expect for this year. But uh, it's kind of instilled a self-belief in me that I didn't really have beforehand. And, um, you know, there's never a being able to settle kind of moment here. I'm always working hard and trying to get better each and every week, and Coach isn't going to let us kind of slack and, you know, settle with what we got. So I think that's been the special part. And for them to kind of welcome me like they did and, you know, insert me straight into the lineup and, and give me the confidence that I needed, um it's just been a perfect storm pretty much well chris hey thanks for carving out some time for us on this saturday happy for your success continued 
continued success that we uh, wish to you here, and it'll be fun to follow you guys coming up here these next few weeks and beyond. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, guys. Chris got her up. Great stuff there. And I think it's really interesting, guys, that he moved from the Northeast. It's obviously where he grew up and where he's from. But he alluded to it. He didn't have the same opportunities even to go play. And so how can you get better as a player? Sure, you can say, well, they got simulators. They can do all this stuff. There's just nothing like getting out and playing. Plus, as he also said, the wind here is a little different. I'm sure it's made him a little better golfer, Brian, because you play here. Uh, you can deal with any conditions. Well, that's, I think, why the Oklahoma players do so well on the tour because they're so used to playing in adverse conditions, you know, extreme heat, cold, wind, both. I mean, that's why the tour guys uh, from Oklahoma tend to do pretty well. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. You <laughs> Very rarely are you getting ideal conditions in the state of Oklahoma, so – that could be a positive. That could be a positive. Maybe something we, we can ask one of these Oklahoma golfers the next time they come on is just how has the Oklahoma weather that you face helped out your game a little bit. We're due a timeout. I should tell you Elite Roofing Systems bringing you the gimme zone this morning. Contact Elite Roofing Systems here in Norman or Oklahoma City, 405-361-3094, or for our Tulsa friends, 918 984 5475 the website eliteroofok.com they've got all of your residential and commercial roofing needs covered and they have 20 years of experience free estimates and they've faithfully served norman and the surrounding areas take a time out andy dillard joining us next right here it's the gimme zone on a saturday Feel free to chime in with the show, 651-3439. That is the text line. Back after this. Gimme Zone, we're back with you. Andy Dillard right around the corner. Josh Elmer, Matt Reynolds, Brian Vineyard hanging out with you. Gimme Zone, it's brought to you by Elite Roofing Systems. So it is moving day down at the Genesis I don't know, it might have been yesterday. Yesterday might have been moving. <laughs> yeah, that's Goodness a gracious. fair point. Neiman is out in front. He's 16 under. Cameron Young, 14. Justin Thomas lurking right there. Just five shots off the lead. He's at 11 under par. You guys, you have anybody heading into, obviously, the final couple of days here that you like to win this thing? It's hard to go against Neiman. I mean, back-to-back, eight under rounds. He's playing a different golf course, I guess, than everybody else. And this is a tournament, if you look at uh, the ones we've had past few weeks, it's a different outlook on Saturday here at your leaderboard because the leader's at 16-under. Fourth place is at 9-under. That's a seven-shot difference. So if Neiman doesn't come down from what he's on right now, then there's really only a couple people that can stop him. I like JT before the event, so I'll I'll go with JT to pull off a five-shot comeback, which is possible. Anything's possible. But if Neiman just keeps playing the way he's playing, no one's going to catch him. I think it'd be – sorry, I I was just going to say. I think it'd be fun to see Adam Scott, who's a ways back right now. He's seven shots off the pace. Same with Jordan Spieth. They're both nine under par. I think it'd be fun to see Adam Scott have a nice day today and be in the mix on Sunday. Someone that has a Masters championship to his belt, but really for how many years now, Brian, just kind of hasn't been in the mix seemingly anywhere Well, it goes to show you the depth of the talent on the PGA Tour. A guy like that that has a major championship that at one point was 
viewed as one of the top five players in the world for a pretty extended period. And now, you know, is not up there very much. But, you know, the one guy, you know, Neiman clearly controls his own destiny. If he puts something up in the in the 60s today, he's going to be, gonna be really hard, hard to catch. But Dark Horse. OSU player, Victor Hovland, goes out, puts up a 63 today, and puts a little heat on him. Let's see what happens. You never know. You never know. And Neiman, by the way, set the course record for uh, the opening two rounds with back-to-back eight under rounds. So that's just how good he's been. He's been playing on a whole other level this week. Yeah, that course is not that easy. That, no. you know, shooting... Which means he could come back down to earth today. That's probably, betting odds, that's what I would bet on. He comes back down to earth a little bit. You mentioned Victor Hovland, who's seven under par. Colin Morikawa right there at eight under par. So it'll be interesting. We'll see how today plays out. As you mentioned, Matt, maybe yesterday was actually moving day. But in the biz, Saturday, of course, typically referred to as moving day. So we'll see if there's any shuffling here. And maybe somebody that we're not thinking of necessarily right now can get into the mix heading into Sunday. Back-to-back weeks on the tour, we've had first-time winners, and we'll see if uh, if uh, that's going to trend back in the opposite direction where we see some former champion win this week. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll have Andy Dillard join us for an extended run this week. It's the Gimme Zone. It's brought to you by our friends over at the Territory Golf and Country Club, the gym of southwestern Oklahoma, consistently rates as a top 10 course in the state, the territory. Fantastic layout, mature trees, natural elevation changes. Of course, the picturesque stage stand creek meandering throughout. Fantastic amenities over at the Prairie House Restaurant as well. Contact Aaron Hess over there at Territory, the Territory Golf and Country Club out in Duncan. 580-475-0075, extension 204, where you can find out about membership opportunities. Take a time out, and we will welcome in Andy Dillard, Josh, Brian, Matt, back with you. It's the Gimme Zone on a Saturday morning right here on The Ref. Welcome back, all fans. We have a great treat again every week, uh, Mr. Andy Dillard. Andy, how's it going today? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Doing great, doing great. Uh, so you got good weather today. You giving some lessons today? You know what? As I sit here and I'm warming up, I've already given two, and I have one more. So uh, the sun, the sun keeps peeking his head, and the weather's getting better. This afternoon should be perfect. Well, that'd be great. And tell everybody where you give your lessons at. Uh, out here at Lake Hefner, very centrally located. Uh, great practice areas. Um, that's that's where I generally do most of my stuff out here. Well, that's excellent, Andy. Um, what'd you think about Scotty Scheffler? Um, does not surprise me one bit. Uh, obviously, a great player, or he wouldn't be on the PGA Tour. Uh, has had a number of opportunities to win. It's very difficult out there to win. You have to be playing great, and you have to get lucky. Um, all that being said, uh, that won't be the last time you see that kid win. No, so, he, uh, he dominated as an amateur, didn't he? Did you, uh, when he missed that short putt on 18 in regulation to keep it from going to a playoff, did you think that was going to be uh, the end of it for him, or did you think he'd have the fortitude to win that thing in uh playoff? 
I did not think he'd win the playoff. Generally speaking, if a player has a chance to win in regulation or even in a playoff, if you have your chance and you don't take it, the other guy gets his chance and, and uh, they're the ones that, that end up winning. So uh, generally speaking, if to get two opportunities is a rarity. Andy, this week, Joaquin Neiman is firing the best ever uh, first two rounds at uh, the Genesis. Do you think he comes back down to earth today? Because he seems to be playing a different uh, Riviera Country Club than pretty much anyone else in the field. What a great question. I had this conversation with some guys yesterday. A guy was talking about how great Joaquin Neiman was playing. And I said, would you take him over the field right now? And he looked kind of funny. He said, I don't think so. I said, I wouldn't either. So uh, now he may go. Today will be a tall tale. If he gets a lead of six shots or more, he's probably home home free. Uh, Four shots, five shots at that golf course. Uh, It seems like a lot, but it's not. Um, you get a guy shoots 64 and you shoot 71, you lose. Um, a lot will depend on the firmness of the greens and, and if the weather stays perfect. Something tells excuse me, something tells me he's not necessarily going to race away with this thing. I know he's carded a couple of 63s here, but see Justin Thomas lurking five shots back. I know it's a little bit further down the leaderboard with Jordan Spieth and Adam Scott at nine under. But uh, Colin Morikawa's at eight. I just think one of those guys in, in some capacity. Now, whether or not they're within four shots, five shots, whatever, or closer than that, we'll see after today. But I think one of those guys is going to apply at least some form of pressure to him for Sunday. Absolutely. One of, one of those guys is going to shoot 65 or better today. You can just count on it. They're too good. They're the best players in the world. And they're at the top of the leaderboard. And even though Neiman's out front of them like this, there's not very much difference in the way they're all playing. He's made some putts that the other guys haven't made. So will he continue that there? Who knows? You know, there's there's so many holes out there that can jump up and bite you, and before you know it, you've made double. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of golf to be played. If somebody offered me the field against Neiman, I would take it. So... Now, who it's going to be, I don't know. One of those guys at the top is Adam Scott, and he was right in the mix of what's been a lot of drama in golf over the last several months and rumored to potentially be one of the guys that's going to go to this Saudi Golf League. What are your thoughts on this Saudi League? I don't like it. Um, my, my opinion is if something's going great and doing good, I mess with it. Now, I understand the competition uh, of the leagues, um, but I'm not a big fan of a special league uh, a, like they're trying to do just to spend enough money to draw some attention. Uh, do I see Adam Scott taking advantage of that? Absolutely, because he's not beating anybody over here anyways anymore. You know, he doesn't putt good enough. So, uh at his stage of his career, to take a big chunk of money, no cuts, and just to go play every week, sure, I get it. 
But uh, for the younger players, let's say a Joaquin Neiman, a Justin Thomas, they're not going to make their mark by playing that tour. They're going to make it by playing the best players in the world on the PGA Tour. That's where it's at on the in the majors here. Uh, that kind of that kind of stuff is nonsense. Um, plus, let the Saudis stay over in Saudi. Okay, we don't need them running around here throwing their money around uh, trying to buy something. Yeah, somebody uh, was talking about fan. it. I'm not a big fan of that. Somebody... If somebody's offended by what I say. Tough luck. No, I, I love your honesty. Somebody was talking about it be akin to the NFL cutting a deal with the uh, Mexican drug cartel for a private league, and I thought that was a pretty good analogy, uh, <laughs> you know, and I was like, sure. well, and I'm with you. I mean, Phil Mickelson's taken a beating over this uh, in uh, social media, and, and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you're talking about guys at the tail end of their career, you know, it offers them just a paycheck to go play and be seen and I think if it does materialize I think that's what you're going to see in it I I I still don't think any of the the big time younger tour stars are going to do this what about Bryce I sure hope not I think they're making enough money where they are uh you know look around the world look at our country today aren't we kind of aren't we learning anything from going strictly for money Look at what it's done to college football, the NIL. Uh, pick another subject. Look what it's doing to our country. People taking money for the cause of just getting rich. And look, look at the path it's taking them down and look at the end results of it. It's disaster. So uh, I, don't, I don't like it. Um, I don't think it's a good deal. I don't think those people need to be coming over into our country running a golf league. Stay over there, do what you want to do. Anybody that wants to go play on that tour, go over there and go, go over there and go over there and live and go over there and play. Don't bring the nonsense into the United States of America. Well, you know, I I think it is heading down a bad path and these guys on tour, I mean, make a ton of money. When sure. you, know, you think about what, what did he win? Uh, Scheffler won what one point five last week. Yes, and that doesn't touch what he made off the golf course. Here, here's where I'll push back, Andy. I would say if you take back, take off the Saudi connotation because I get with the political context, and let's say somebody else tried that didn't have the the negativity there. Let's say an American had the same money, same idea. To me, the the spot that I am a little surprised in, and you just brought up that obviously they make money off the golf course, but let's compare Tiger Woods. He has earned $120 million uh, throughout his career. It's a lot of money. Sure. But setting down at the Oklahoma City Thunder's SGA, and he's making $175 million for the next five years. I'm sorry, but SGA and Tiger Woods are not on the same comparable as far as an athlete. Tiger Woods is the best of all time. SGA is a up and coming, not even an all star in the NBA. And I, and so to me, I think that Phil has a point, and these players have a point. The ones that are saying, "Hey, they should make more money." The top is not always rewarded, and I think the PGA Tour could pay them a little bit better. However, 
the way he's going about it, I think, is the part where he's just going to get killed, and he's he's going in a very tough direction. But am I wrong in saying that Tiger Woods should make more money in his career earnings than Shea Gilgis Alexander? Comparatively speaking, no. Uh, that's just going to tell you that Shea Gilgis Alexander is overpaid. Hey, at the end of the day, how much do you need? Fair point, Andy. You know what I mean? How fair, much do you need point. to be happy? Come on now. Let's get real. Let's be honest. Uh, if my, if those guys need more money to make them happy or to take care of their lifestyle, number one, they're living way above their means. And number two, uh, they don't know what true happiness is. So, and that's a, that's a dog chasing his tail. If they need more money, they will always need more money. Uh, and that's their problem. But uh, comparing Shea to Tiger, there's no comparison. Tiger's the greatest, the second greatest player that's ever played. Um, Shea is not. So uh, for these guys to go play in another league because they need more money, I don't know. I just think it's a bunch of crap. You've had some some great thoughts this morning on this, Andy. It's obviously the the biggest story in golf, so we wanted to to hear what you thought about it. If I can, before we get you out of here, we've got about two minutes before the top of the hour. I wanted to backtrack just real quickly to to last week. Obviously, we talked about Scheffler winning, but what did you think of Thigala? I, I mean, outside of the Ryder ace, I mean, that was sort of the story of the week was what this guy did on a sponsor's exemption. Well, here's here's what that shows you. The number of golfers in the game today that are playing professionally, the hardest thing about the PGA Tour is getting out there. It's The hardest thing isn't staying out there. The hardest thing is getting out there, and you've got so many kids that are great players that are try- the, the path to getting on the PGA Tour is brutal. Uh, you have thousands of kids, but the number of players – are still the same as when I played back in the late 80s. It's like trying to fit a watermelon through a keyhole. (laughs) That's a tough gig. Um, So for that kid, the toughest part about him is he knows he's good enough to be out there. He knows he's good enough to win, but he's still got to get out there. And that's a a tougher path uh, to me. That's as tough a road as as it is winning once you get out there. Yeah, Andy, tell everybody real quickly, if they want to work on their golf game and get better, how can they get a hold of you? Tell everybody real quick. Hey, it's easy. You call me on my cell phone, 405-535-2529. Andy, thanks. Hey, some awesome thoughts this morning. I know you're passionate about it. We'll talk to you next week, Andy. (laughs) Have a good weekend. Thank you. Do the same. I look forward to it. That's the end of our number one. We're back on the other side. Olivia Schmidt will join us right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the wrap. Welcome into hour number two. We are joined in this opening segment by Olivia Schmidt, who is local to our area, golf, uh, golfed at uh, Bishop McGinnis and is now at Arkansas State. Olivia, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, we had to have you on after uh, what you just recently did. What a show you put on, tying your own 54-hole school record uh, as you recently took home medalist honors in Jacksonville, Florida at the First Coast Classic. Now, you're at Arkansas State University. 
We'll start off talking about your win. Just what what was really working for you? What did it feel like to be in the zone there and take home that? Yeah, um, it felt really good. I was just I was hitting it okay, but I was really putting and chipping really well, so that helped. And I think that's really a big reason why I was able to win. Short game is always always key, always key, because you're going to yeah. have a shot or two, even if you're playing your best in the round where you didn't hit it where you wanted to and you've got to recover. It's a game of recovery, so that definitely is a big key. Let's let's go back to uh, where you started at Bishop McGinnis and just your background in the area. Tell us a little bit about where you played growing up. Um, yeah, so I have always been a member at Quail Creek. That's how I started in Oklahoma City. Um, I went to their golf camps and was fortunate enough that my parents were members there and I was able to practice. And then, but I pretty much played all around the state for most of it. Um, but in, for most of my life, I played basketball. So golf really wasn't as important to me until the end of my high school career, really. I mean, I played all wow. summer and everything, but once I got to McGinnis, that's when it really got serious for me. Was there something that, happened as you were learning because you mentioned basketball and that sounds like was your your love at the time and what you were best at what what was the switch and connected there's a a young girl that's listening to the show is there something that exactly happened for you that you can give her as an example um yeah I mean I just started to go to more tournaments outside of school and meeting people and young girls like I mean I was playing with Caitlin Milligan and my teammate Madison Smith and just a lot of girls around the state and they were doing really well. And I, I wasn't doing as well as them, but I wanted to kind of figure out if I could. So I just started to practice and balance both of them a little better than when I was younger. So what was it about Arkansas state? What was the, what was the attraction there to, to join in the program? <laughs> um, the number one is MJ Shaw. She's the best, coach out there she went to OU actually and I got into contact with her with some mutual friends from uh, Oklahoma and that's how I met her and it's hard to say no to that woman she's just incredible well tell me about your swing coach Olivia um, and tell me what a difference that's made in your game and and how your swing coach works with you uh, on a regular basis when you're back here yeah um, so my swing coach is Tim McGraw he's incredible if I would not be where I am sorry without him he really developed me into the player that I am he allowed me to like grow and really learn and um we met when I was like 11 or 12 I think and I would go a little bit but then when I got to high school I'd go like once or twice a week and he really changed my trajectory and the path that I was on what was the biggest change that, that Tim made with you? Was it more of a mechanical change with your swing, or was it a lot of mental as well about how to uh, mm-hmm. play golf courses and be able to improve your scoring? Yeah, it was really – I mean, he obviously developed my swing, but it was never really my swing that he tried to change. He just tried to, like, help me get better with it and kind of refine things. But what he helped me a lot was, was with – course management and like knowing how to play a golf course and how to score because the most important thing is scoring and getting it in the hole in the least amount of shots you can and he really helped me with that that 
that's what he's helped me with the most, I think. Well, you hit on something, Olivia, that's really key is managing golf courses. And you see a lot of kids out there with tremendous talent. And, I mean, they're banging the ball out there 300-plus yards, and they hit it, you know, mm-hmm. close with their irons. But they don't know how to manage a golf course. And when they get into a tight situation, their mismanagement usually rears its ugly head. So yes, definitely. tell me kind of what you go through when you're under a pressure. What What is your fallback and what's your thought process when you're really under pressure coming down the stretch like you were, you know, in winning your last tournament? Yeah. Um, really, it's just taking it, it's kind of cliche, but just taking it one shot at a time and hitting the fairway and then making sure I can minimize my mistakes as much as possible. I mean, and working hard on that and knowing the shots to hit that you can trust yourself on and being able to hit the greens and the fairways is key. I mean, if you hit a fairway, you're most likely going to at worst, hopefully make par. And that's usually what I look at it as And just minimizing my mistakes was what I was focused on. Olivia, I know that you shared a little bit about the first coast classic with us. Take us, through just the entirety of the tournament itself, what was it about the golf course that suited your game, and how were you able to win this tournament? Um, so I played there my uh, junior year. Well, I guess yeah, my junior year, and uh, it was kind of it wasn't playing as hard that year for some reason, but it really is just a ball strikers golf course. I think you have to hit fairways. If you don't, you are not going to play well. But especially if you miss the green, you have to miss in the right position. And I've worked a lot of my chipping with Tim and everyone here. And I was able to get up and down, I think, better than anybody else in the field that week. And I really do credit it to my short game. Talking with Olivia Schmidt, a golfer at Arkansas State University, graduate of Bishop McGinnis. Is there a fond moment at Bishop McGinnis that you look back on and, and reflect on that maybe as a team or an individual event uh, that just you know gives you a smile when you crack back and think of it back here at home? Yeah, I mean, uh, man, there were a lot of good moments, but I think just we were able to make it to state my – sophomore junior and senior year and we played at quill creek one of those years and that was a really good moment to be able to play at my home course and do well and i never won state but it was just a good opportunity to kind of represent mcginnis and girls golf at the time in high school and i think we i had a good class and it was really cool to see most of the kids in my class go and play college golf whether it was d1 ai or d2 and that was exciting and one of my teammates went and played college golf also so it was just really exciting to be able to play with all those girls that i've played with for so long and being able to play at my home course senior year and just have those memories with all those awesome people give us a little bit of insight into your game what do you excel at what are things that you're trying to tighten up I think I am good at hitting fairways. I think that most of the time, I think I hit about 90% of my fairways. And I think that that helps a lot. Um, Some of the things I'm trying to get better at right now is just my irons and striking the ball better. Um, 
I'd like to be able to maybe just hit it a little bit closer on irons and get a better proximity to the hole. But other than that, I think everything else is pretty strong at the moment. But if I could just hit my irons a little better right now, that would be awesome. Well, long run, is your goal to be a professional golfer or are you going to go into another career? Uh, at the moment, I think I'm going to definitely give it a shot. I'm going to, you know, go to Q school and see if I can make it. And if I can, I'm going to go for as long as I can. But if, if not, I'll have my degree and I'll be able to find a job, hopefully. But at the moment, I definitely want to try and take it to the next level. Well, you brought up something that I thought was great. You said you were a two-sport athlete at McGinnis. So I got to ask, mm-hmm. what position did you play in basketball, and what was your what uh, was your uh, favorite moment in basketball? Um, I was a forward in basketball. I I could also play post a little bit, but God, my favorite moment in basketball was probably man, so many good ones. I probably when we beat. PC North. We we were not very good. We were in 6A my freshman year and part of my, pretty much my freshman and sophomore year, we played 6A schools and it was cool to beat some of the big 6A schools, you know, PC North. We could never beat PC West, but beating PCN was one of the good, one of my favorite moments. Matt asked something along these lines earlier, but what would be a piece of advice you would share to some of the young golfers around the Oklahoma City, Tulsa metro areas? Yeah, I would just say work really hard and practice as much as you can, but also have a lot of fun. I would say plan as many as as many tournaments as you can. I mean, they have the OJGT run by Maury Rose, and he's an incredible guy who is always able to help young golfers kind of go reach their goals, and he's able to, like, allow them to play in his tournaments and help them grow. I would not be here if it weren't for him. So I just think playing in the OJGT events and the USAM qualifiers and just working really hard and realizing that if you work hard enough, you will achieve everything you want to. Well, Olivia, it's been great having you on the show this morning. Thanks for taking some time out for us and congratulations on the win at the first coast classic. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys for having me. We'll talk to you again soon down the road. See you, Olivia. Thank you. Olivia Schmidt. Great stuff there. And it's always good, you know, to hear a prospective golfer that grew up here, played at Quail Creek, went to Bishop McGinnis. And I love the fact that she was just honest in saying that basketball was what sounds like her first love, guys, for quite some time. And then she found golf and really took off there in high school. Found golf, found out, you know what, I'm not too bad at this golf thing. Get a- 90% fairways. I tell you what, if I ever hit 90% fairways in one round, I would take it. I'm no, taking a lesson from her. I'm no calling kidding. her for a lesson this summer. Goodness gracious. Congratulations to Olivia Schmidt at Arkansas State, winning the First Coast Classic recently. We've got Greg Gross, Norman High golf coach, waiting in the wings. We'll take a timeout. It's the... Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. It's brought to you by Elite Roofing Systems. Back with you on a Saturday morning. Hope everybody out there is having a great Saturday. It's the Gimme Zone. Josh Elmer, Matt Reynolds, Brian Vineyard hanging out with you right here on The Ref. Gimme Zone brought to you by Elite Roofing Systems. Norman, Oklahoma City, give them a call around here, 405-361-3094 or out in Tulsa, 
918-984-5475. Of course, anybody can go visit the website, EliteRoofOK.com, for all of your residential and commercial roofing needs. We've got Norman High Boys Golf Boys Golf Coach Greg Gross joining us now on the phone lines. Coach, good morning. Happy Saturday. How we doing? I'm doing great, Brian. How you doing, bud? Doing good, doing good. Tell us how uh, how's Norman Golf looking as we head into the season here. Uh, it's gonna should be a pretty fun spring. Um, it's 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 a it's a group of young men. This is my second year since I came out of retirement and uh, started doing this. This is the second spring for mo- for eight of the ten guys on the team, and um, you know they they worked extremely hard. Uh, in a whole, you know, in a new system, playing for me last year more, I would say collegiate type system, uh, working out in the mornings year round, uh, expectations set uh, pretty high, and uh, they had a good chance last spring to, to close the, you know, to, to, to close the deal, and unfortunately we didn't get to play that last round over in Tulsa, and uh, I think that stayed with them through the summer as they played, uh, through the fall as they worked out and played, and uh, they're just ready to get back at it now and see it for better so what was it that that made you say hey i'm, I'm gonna come back out and i want to coach you know i 20 years away from it uh, working in college golf but not on the coaching side and uh um when uh, the legend um bruce renfro decided to step away uh from high school he's now coaching women in, in college uh um but uh when it was i knew a lot of these guys i knew a lot of their parents um, my daughter went to Norman high. So, uh, you know, bottom line was I'd kind of helped out both, uh, that, you know, I helped some of the players in the past and I had some people call me and said, would you do it? And it was the middle of the pandemic. And, and in a weak moment, I said, yes, just, just kidding there, Brian. <laughs> in a weak <laughs> moment. I love that. I, I wanted to ask you along those lines, you mentioned the state tournament, mm-hmm. uh, we won't even go into the debacle that it was there of how it finished, but let's talk about this year and moving forward. You t- the motivation, it seems, is there for your team, and it's a home event, which is a special deal. It doesn't always happen. You're going to get to play it right here, and you're one of the schools with Norman North putting it on. Yeah, after last year, I uh, uh, it was a, a disappointing way to end the season for all of the young men that were playing in the tournament in Tulsa. Uh, and so I... Uh, the former coach at Norman North, Josh, and I talked about it. Uh, he's since moved on to college golf on the women's side up at uh, at Arkansas State. But uh, uh, we talked about why don't we why don't we see if we can bring it the final the boys championship here to Norman. It's been here before uh, many years ago, and so uh, we reached out uh, Rodney Young, who was then the GM over at Jimmy, and he's since moved on to out to California. Uh, but we talked about it. We put together a, a co-host because I think that's important. Uh, very similar when I coached at OU and Mike Holder and I put in a co-host bid for the NCAA championship that ultimately was played in 89 at Oak Tree. Um, golf is so strong. Uh, the, the, the team golf is so strong in this state at all levels, high school, college, uh, that when you can combine the forces of, the, of, the, of, of certain schools together, it just makes it more of an inclusive event. And it's so enormous a community that's, you know, got two high schools, Norman High and Norman North. You know, they all these kids play together. They've grown up together, whether they're green or orange, whatever, right now. In high school, they're all best friends. 
And so it made sense to do it. And so, uh, you know, with the support of Jimmy Austin Golf Course, uh, Rodney Young, all the staff out there, uh, Tyler Woodward, um, we were able to put this together. OSSAA approved the bid. Uh, so we got a co-host opportunity, and uh, I think it's a great opportunity to showcase not only the great young high school players in the state on the boys' side, but also show off Norman, show off a great golf course, bring people into Norman, spend some money. You know what? As they say in, in hospitality, put butts in bed. So there's where you go. Well, Greg, tell everybody uh, a little bit about what you uh, have done as ex- executive director of the uh, the GCAA. Well, 2000, 20 years. I was lucky to coach in Division One for 20. Last 15 at Jimmy. I had OU. We finished Jimmy Austin. Um, you know, the, the, the facilities were completed, and it was just the time for me to be full-time husband and full-time dad. Uh, I married late. I married another coach, Michelle Thomas, became Michelle Gross. She was the softball coach before Patty. And uh, we had a, a Samantha. And so the bottom line was I just wanted to – you know, I needed a change. I needed a new challenge. And so my peers across the country asked me if I would take on the Golf Coaches Association of America, our Coaches Association. Think College Football Coach Association, College Basketball Coach Association. It's just for college golf uh, on the men's side. And uh, I said yes, uh, thinking that, you know, I'd try to help get the association I've been a member of, you know, maybe do a little bit better, a little bit, a little bit more forward thinking, a little more organized. And here we are in 22, and I'm still doing it. So uh, bottom line is we're the award-giving arm for college golf. Uh, when you think of All-Americans, All-America Scholars, the individual different awards like the Hogan, the Nelson, the Nicholas, the Palmer, the, the Mickelson, uh, the Toms, those are all ours. And then the Arnold Palmer Cup, which is what we do with the foundation, Arnie and Winnie Palmer Foundation down in Orlando. Uh, so what started off is myself and one other person is now six full-time staff, three interns uh, here, more interns across the country. And, uh, um, Norman is the, the home of college golf's national office. Walk us through how college golfers now, with some changes that have transpired, which I was told that you were an integral part of, can get on the Corn Ferry Tour right out of college. Well, another staff member here, Dustin Roberts, who's been here now for 17 years with me, um, we were approached by the PGA Tour about six and a half years ago uh, to think outside the box on how college golfers on the men's side logically is there a better way to advance them out to chase their dreams. And, you know, we came up with some, some ideas. We didn't have a name for it. Uh, we had some ideas uh, about how to do that, how – uh, performance during the course of their careers could lead to something. You can't have a draft because it's an individual workplace. Uh, you're not playing for a team. Um, but how they could earn certain status by how well they play. I mean, in the NBA, if you're a great, if you're a young uh, basketball player in college basketball and they rate you and you get drafted and you immediately have a team to go to, well, since it's, it's an individual sport and, you know, you're playing for yourself, you can be the best player. Let's use. Let's just take Maverick Maverick McNeely from Stanford back many years ago, maybe six or five, six years ago. You know, he was considered to be the best player in college golf at that little window of time. And um, he goes out and he has to start over. He had nothing for all that he had done. 
So we had the idea. We went to the tour. They looked at it. They came back and said, nah, not yet. Fast forward six years, get a phone call from the PGA Tour. They had an idea for something called PGA Tour University. And the people that we'd worked with six years before were the ones that called us and said, hey, let's take, let's revisit the idea. So PGA Tour University, you know, the concept was there before. It took a little while for the tour to get there. Um, but now PGA Tour University is an integral part of of the evolution of the young high school player to college player, elite amateur player, professional player. It's just part of the process. So that's how it worked. And it also incentivizes those athletes, if they're on the cusp, maybe in their junior season, to come back for a senior year knowing that, hey, I'm if I can chase this and get into the top five, I don't have to go to Q school. Absolutely. No, that, that, that's just one of the things. that we, To make this work, you had to have – student-athletes, young men that wanted to stay in school. And so that was a key part of this, of this, of the, the building this out, um, which was you have, to, you have to play four years, you have to complete your eligibility, uh, and you have to complete the championship, um, the championship window your senior year, and then you move on. And then you're considered. Now, you can withdraw yourself from consideration uh, if you want to, um, um, because right now, if the, you know, here we are debuting PGA Tour University, and next thing along comes 2020, and you have a pandemic, and then you have the season canceled. So those guys get their year back. Um, then last year, some opted out. So it's been uh, it's been interesting. Uh, Dustin has taken the lead totally on this, uh, working directly with the PGA Tour. Um, you know, kind of hands on with them, uh, but it's worked um, and. You know, some of the challenges there, it really is affecting amateur golf, is the fact that these young men, uh, the WAGGER ranking, the World Amateur Golf Rankings, are key to what, how this ranking works. All the college events are, are ranked by WAGGER. Um, and you have to also consider what these young men are doing in amateur tournaments, in professional starts this summer, uh, and they get more wagger points, so to speak. That's the easy way to put it. Um, when they go and and, uh, and and miss the cut at a tour event in the summer or a corn ferry tour event in the summer, then sometimes winning a big elite amateur tournament. So what you're seeing here is a is a fundamental shift in the way these young college golfers think about what they're going to do and how they position themselves. Um, so it's 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 it's, it's an evolution. Uh, there's some unintended consequences, no doubt about anything that's new. Um, you know, I, I credit the tour for being open-minded. Um, you know, sometimes big successful organizations aren't, and this one is really trying to get it right. And they, you know, we had a coaches working group to help behind the scenes get this right. It's not perfect yet, but it's sure a great stepping stone for, for, uh, elite amateur golfers, college players. I'm curious just from your perspective then. Greg, what's been the most rewarding part for you to see this happen? Well, I think it's, I mean, if you look on any tour event week to week, okay, um, you know, watch this week. Look and see what's going on at the Genesis. Look how many players, um, when you roll through the starting field, played college golf. You have a few international players who didn't, some, but the majority is all American-based American based college players. doesn't mean it's not a foreign player that played in the United States. So college golf is basically now dominating 
uh, professional golf in the United States, uh, someone said, well, you're the AAA farm club. Uh, well, maybe. Uh, maybe you can refer to us as that. But the bottom line here is that college golf is where the greatest young players in the world, the predominant number, are coming. And uh, uh, so, uh, um, you know, that, that's what uh, is what's happening. And, and uh, um, you know, I think it's rewarding to see where it was when I played college, ball, college golf back in the 80s, uh, in the 70s, and then coached in the 80s and 90s up to 2000. It's just, it's just amazing to watch the quality of the player, the depth of the players, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, and it's because high school and junior golf has become so competitive and so good in this country. The AJGA and all the state golf associations, high school golf, it's just part, part of the, part of the, the, the program. And uh, the high school golfers now understand it. They see it. Um, you know, the guys in Norman High, Norman North, they, they understand it. They want to talk about college golf. They see how the steps work. Greg Gross is our guest, Norman High, head boys golf coach as well. Coach, we, we asked you earlier, but I'm curious, just specific players on your Norman High roster. Who are you excited about? And, and that's a part of this team going into the spring here. Well, we have two seniors, uh, Carson Wright, Evan Kelly. Uh, both are going to play college golf. Uh, uh, they haven't. I know where they're going, and when they're just waiting on a few things, I know where they're going to go, and, and, that, and they'll make those announcements themselves. So um, they're as different as night and day. You know, one was a smaller size young man, Carson, who grew late, arms all arms and legs, and then Evan is this big six foot four strapping young man. Um, you know, so there's different as night and day. Carson is playing a really high level. Uh, played in the AJGA's Senior Showcase in Vegas back in De- December. Played in the Orange Bowl uh, inter- International down in Miami, and um, uh, and later in December, he's ready to go. Um, Evan is an outstanding student, All American, everything in school, uh, and it's really his golf swing is now starting to produce. Uh, things that can really happen well. So I expect those two guys to be stars. They're co-captains. Um, then, the, then here come the sophomore, uh, come the juniors. Um, you've got Den and Norman, um, Ben Campbell. Um, you've got uh, Quinn Robertson, Camden Hager. You know those guys. Um, they're the next generation. Uh, each one of them is developing their golf swings uh, at a pretty fast pace. Um, and that group is going to play really well this spring. It's going to be fun to watch them push each other. Um, and then you've got, you know, you got a couple of sophomores, Maddox Valentine and, and Cade Wilson, um, and they're they're starting to push. Um, those are the eight that have been that came back from last year that they were still with us. So they've been they've been in this system with me now for two year almost two years, which is seven o'clock in the morning on the tracker in the weight room year round. Um, golf when it's probably not the prettiest day outside. Uh, expectations in the summer, um, you know, and those guys they get it. You know, not a lot of not a lot of high school boys want to get up and be in a gym at seven o'clock. You know, every morning, okay, or on the track, and realizing that they don't play until March takes a little bit of education. And so I'm proud of them for that. A couple of couple of freshmen, Will Hyde, uh, Caleb Harris, they're they're getting their feet wet. And they're learning, uh, so. It's fun watching a different group of kids. Think about it. I, wa- I watched all those college players, you know, 18 to 22 for all those years. 
I saw one side of the fence. Now I get to see on the other side of the fence. The kids that I used to recruit and watch the evolution for them, it's fun. It keeps me it, – it, it, I'm 65 now. Um, it gets me up in the morning. I'm doing the old workout routine. Uh, it's fun. Uh, it's 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 reason to get out of the office away from the computer. Let me step away and just have some fun. They don't understand how much fun I have doing it. So uh, we're going to play well this spring. I think these guys are going to rise to the occasion. And as we say, all we want to do is have a chance to win with nine holes to play, uh, which means you come down that last stretch. So with the, with a little luck, uh, they make it through and do do a good job at regionals. They'll be back here at Jimmy, and who knows? Best scenario: Norman High, Norman North, last group, last pairing. Last hole comes down to one of the two, one of the kids from one of the schools making a putt. That would be great. The old clock, Crosstown Clashing Golf. Um, Coach, before we let you go, uh, I just want to say Norman's very fortunate to have a coach with your level of experience and commitment. So thank you for what you do for Norman High and their golf team. But tell everybody if they would love to help support your golf team, how they can do that. Well, Brian. Obviously, both, and I'm going to say this about Norman High and Norman North. Both groups have parents, have booster clubs. You can go on the website and see about them. Um, you know, everything in, in high school athletics basically is, is funded by parents. A little different than at OU where I got a budget every year and I'm supposed to just spend it, right? So uh, um, so if you, if, you, if you want to support one of the programs, you know, reach out to myself, uh, Ryan Rayner, who's the coach at Norman North, and we can get you the right way. Uh, the state high school championship is just one of four events in high school that are going to be played right here in Norman this spring because we start off with the uh, with the, the crosstown class, uh, the, the the preview, the six eight preview, which will be the twenty second of March out of Jimmy. Uh, then we have the Tiger Invitational down at the Trails, uh, and uh, you know that's going to be on Monday, April the eleventh. Then we have, when you mentioned a minute ago, guys, you mentioned the clash. So last year we started the first clash, the Crosstown Clash for Golf. That's a Jimmy on this year on, on April the 16th, six on six. Uh, we're going to have a junior clinic before it for, for juniors all across the, the town and around the county, um, hosted by, uh, by the coaches and the, and the players. Then they can go out and pull green or orange, um, you know, that afternoon. And then, then, it, then we have the state high school. So if you want to support us, you, you want to step in and help with something, whether it's gift in kind, uh, a few extra dollars to support either team or the programs, reach out to myself or Ryan Rayner at, at Norman North, and we can help you get that stuff. We just want to see a lot of kids out. We want to grow the game in, this, in the town. Now, Coach Gross, we didn't ask you about this this time, but this just means we've got to get you on again. You did happen to win a national championship somewhere along the way there for the Sooners, so uh, one of these times we'll have to get you back on and ask you all about that. Ancient history, guys. Ancient history, but important history, Coach. I don't, I don't know if we can we could say ancient. Maybe it's maybe it's been a minute, but uh, we we do have to get you back on to talk about that, Coach. Hey, thanks for being generous with your time with us this Saturday uh, on a wide variety of topics. But uh, enjoy the rest of your Saturday, Coach, and we'll look forward to watching your program this spring. Thanks, guys. Coach Greg Gross from Norman High. We'll take a timeout and. Tiger Woods, uh, back in the news, some comments about if and when he's going to play professional golf again. That's coming your way next, right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the Ref. Gimme Zone, we're back right here on the Ref. Appreciate you guys joining us on a Saturday. 
Of course, the Gimme Zone, it's brought to you by the Territory Golf and Country Club out there in Duncan, Oklahoma. The gym of southwestern Oklahoma consistently rates as a top 10 course in the state of Oklahoma. The Territory offers a fantastic layout with mature trees, natural elevation changes, the picturesque stage stand creek meandering throughout the course, fantastic amenities at the Prairie House restaurant and practice facility. You can contact Aaron Hess, 580-475-0075, extension 204 for membership opportunities. Brian, you've You've played out at the the Territory Golf and Country Club, right? Played there many times. Great, great track. It definitely will challenge your shot making. And, uh, you know, the layout's fantastic. So the nice part that I see about it is if you live here in the metro area, short drive, you can get there and go play. They'll welcome you. And it's something that's different, too. That's the thing is we even if you're a part of your own club, you're at Belmar, I'm an Oak Tree uh, you just need some variables sometimes where you don't have to fly out of the, you know, and go all over the place. So if you can do that, it's always a big positive. Sorry to play the music on you, gentlemen. <laughs> Born to be wild. We thought it was finished. It was not quite done. Tiger Woods, we teased it before the break. Uh, obviously, he's down at the Genesis Invitational where Joaquin Neiman currently, after a couple of rounds, leads at 16 under par. But Tiger Woods, the sequence of question. It sounded like this as he was asked about, hey, any any chance of a ret- return to golf and when? What has your golf activity looked like since the PNC, and have you thought about a tournament or a date that might be fit for a return to competition? You know, D, I, I wish I could tell you when I'm playing again. I, I want to know, uh, but I don't. Um, my golf activity has been very limited. Uh, I, can, I can chip and putt really well. And hit short irons very well, but I haven't done any, any long stuff seriously. So uh, I'm still working, like at the PNC, I'm still working on the walking part. Um, my foot was a little messed up there about a year ago. So um, the walking part is is something that I'm still working on, um, working on strength and development in that. Um, it's, it takes time. It's What's frustrating is not at my timetable. Um, I, I want to be at a certain place, but I'm not. And I just got to continue working. I'm getting better, yes, but as I said, not not at the speed and rate that I would like. And yet in the age factor, too, and you, know, you just don't quite heal as fast, and which is frustrating. Okay, Matt, what do you take away from that? I take away that's complete BS. He's, he's trying to uh, play up the fact that he wants people to temper their expectations, which they should. Look, he he already had one of the greatest comebacks ever in 2019, but I think he's going to play within the next couple months because I think he's playing the Masters. I, I do. He played the PNC. He's going to have a ways to go, sure, but knowing the Tiger that we know just from seeing how he operates, I think he'll try to push and make that tournament. If he doesn't play the Masters, then I'm completely wrong, and he, he definitely has you know a lot – longer to go apparently because that's it you know he loves that tournament the hard part though guys is there's so much elevation change with that tournament walking is the biggest thing and he has said over and over he will not take a cart like john daly um just won't do it so so then from that standpoint if if matt's right on the money here brian 
and he's targeting the Masters, which would make sense. The the major championship that Tiger this season, next season, beyond, it's the major championship that he's going to have the best chance to continue to win. If he's not in the Masters, what does that mean for you, Brian? Well, I'm going to take the other side, Matt. I don't think he's going to play in the Masters. I think he's hurt way more severely than was probably reported or that he lets on. I just don't see it uh, that he makes the Masters this year. And if he doesn't, I don't see him putting himself through a U.S. Open, even if he's somewhat ready to go then. The rigors of the U.S. Open are probably not fit for his game now. I think, Josh, you nailed it. His ability to win a major, I think, is going to be at Augusta only from here forward. The the, the course that's flat, that's a major this year, and uh, I believe 150th anniversary uh, over the pond, that, that could be another comeback timetable because it's later, uh, I want to say in July. So if he doesn't make the Masters, that's probably my next best guess, just because it's flat. I'm not going to say no or never because it's Tiger Woods, and as you said, Matt, he already has authored in 2019 one of the great comeback stories in sports. But, man, where we sit today, it's real hard for me to – let alone a major, but any professional golf event to see Tiger after this latest injury. I mean, we know the knee surgeries and the ankle surgeries. He's like the bionic man. He, he was like that before this this latest car accident a little over a year ago. To envision him winning another tournament, guys, I if you ask me, Yes or no today, does he win another major? Uh, does he win a tournament? Does he win another major? I'm going to say no on both. Well, I think I think you're crazy wrong because he almost just won a freaking tournament two months ago. PNC's a tournament. They got second, him and his kid. So I know it's different, but technically it's a PGA Tour tournament. Uh, but, hey, it's good to disagree every now and then. But I, I do think that part of it is I just watched Phil win a tournament at, what, 51? Sure. Amazing. I know that he doesn't have the same health issues, but I do think he will win again. I just don't know when that is. Matt, and you're may, the eternal optimist. May, I got to tell you. It may you not are. be a major. It may not be a major, but he will win again. Well, it would be an incredible story. I'm rooting for it. I'm not, I'm not tra- against it by any stretch. He's, he's giving us cautious optimism. He's, he's telling us, like, hey, don't expect it. Don't expect it. He's setting us up for an even bigger one. I have to pour a, a cool drink of water all over it. I just can't I can't get that <laughs> excited over the possibility of Tiger winning again. I I just can't do it to myself. What is he, 44? I, he's older than that, I think, isn't he now? I don't know. I think his I body's think about 64 after what's happened to <laughs> well, him in right, the last two decades. Right. <laughs> I will say this. The interview on Sunday with Jim Nance. God, I hope he looks better because last time his eyes, I mean, you just tell, you just, yeah. it wasn't a good look. And no. then obviously the crash was the next day. We're due a final timeout. We'll take it. We'll come back. Some final picks. Uh, what we expect the next couple of days at the Genesis on the Gimme Zone right after this TO. Welcome back to the show as we wrap up here with our picks segment. Before we get there, if you haven't looked at the forecast, enjoy today. Enjoy basically through Monday, although Monday's going to be pretty windy. You're going to want to go to a place that I know. Uh, it's called Indoor 18, just inside of Oklahoma City, uh, over by Rose Creek, if you know that area. They've got a great staff, 
indoor hitting bays, three of them with TrackMan set up. They also have a putting bay as well. And I just recently got my driver uh, reattached that was getting ready to break off. Do not want your clubs breaking off, especially uh, if it happens to be over water. Uh, never fun to you lose a club head. If you need adjustments uh, for your grips, uh, la fly adjustments, anything you need, as well as their main thing that they do, which is the indoor hitting bays, Make sure you visit Indoor18. You can visit their website, Indoor18.com, or call 405-432-GOLF. They're going to be busy this week, Brian, because it's going to be pretty darn cold all week long here, unfortunately. We've got about a minute, so we're very short on time. Picks to win this week, Genesis Invitational, as we have uh, two two rounds left here. Justin Thomas, pretty easy one for me. I think Neiman comes back and give me Thomas to win. Well, Matt, I... I'm going to go with Neiman. I just think we're going to have another new winner. I, I think so, too. I, I think he's going to hang on. I'm rooting for somebody to make it interesting, but I don't know that I necessarily see it happening this weekend. I Good just dark to... horse is Cameron Young. Yeah, I mean, Out, he's only outside the top back. 100 in the world. Good dark horse. My dark horse is Hovland. Local flavor. Making a charge today. Throw a 63 on him. That would be fantastic. Hey, thank you to our incredible guest list. Of course, Elite Roofing Systems and the Territory Golf and Country Club as well. That's it for us. Until next week, keep it locked in on The Rev.